Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the NX2 podcast. I am not your host, um, but we thought that we would kind of flip the switch, uh, take this opportunity to interview our very own host of the NX2 podcast, Chris. Um, so for those of you who don't know me, my name is Mariah Curtis, talent coordinator here at NX2. Um, so welcome, Chris, to your podcast. How does it feel to be on the other side of the mic? It's interesting to have it. To hear you say, welcome to my own podcast. <laughs> you yeah, have been the host, so this is your baby. Yeah, this is new. This is a new feeling to be on the other side of it. It was weird having a start and then not going all right, all right, all right, like I do every time. All right, all right, all right. In recent episodes, you um, touched on our journeys, my journey that led to NX2. Um, so what has led you to your social media and content position? Oh. Definitely has to start with, I guess, in college. I was originally studying computer science, which is oh, really? not what I'm doing now. And because I've been told all my life, I like video games, I like being on my computer. So clearly, I must like computers, like from a software standpoint. And you're shaking your head no, because you can immediately tell that is not that does not correlate. But I took one really good class in the beginning of college, really liked it, and then that professor was taken out, replaced with a professor who was a very sweet woman, but at the same time, this was her first teaching job. She didn't know English. She was from another country, and it oh, wow. kind of illuminated me that, okay, I'm not into computer science if I can't even bring myself to teach myself how to do right. anything. So I kept looking for something new to do because I really liked creating content. Like, I was a writer, like a fiction, not of any marketing content yet at that point. So I wanted to see if there was something tangentially related, and then I found a, another internship, which wasn't here at NX2, but before at another company. And there they kind of taught me the trade, the basics and everything. But eventually it kind of got to the point where I wasn't able to learn anything. Like they didn't have much more to teach me. Okay, and that's like that, that, yeah. Yeah, that moment of growth that you have with yourself internally. Yeah, where you're like, they don't, we're in a place where you can't learn anything new, but you also can't get the opportunity or, I guess, say, the situation where you would be able to teach yourself more. So I went out to start looking for a new position, and that brought me to NX2, where one of the first things that they did, or I should say they, as if I'm not currently <laughs> NX2, but I remember in the interview with you and Joe asking me, like, my future ambitions, but then also what new things could I bring to the table? And I thought, well, that's like the first green light. I almost said red flag, which <laughs> the <laughs> opposite, I would hope. I was like, I was trying to think of another word. What's the red flag but positive? And I'm like, green light? Like, green light is kind of, I guess. And that would be the enough. complete opposite, I would think. Yeah, because it is. Like, I want to say, like, there's no green flag. That's not a thing. That's not a saying people use. But Maybe I guess you for could trademark purposes, it. Trademark green flag for all different purposes. <laughs> The first green flag to me was asking me what was something new I would like to bring, which was ended up being this podcast. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really have that before where there wasn't an opportunity to grow, let alone from the very beginning. So I think that's what really cemented in stone. What brought that, brought you, that brought you here? NX2. Social media and content was basically the just the main skill set I was able to bring to bring the content that we needed for all our clients. but. The ability to start doing a podcast or anything else that's what made me want to come here so there was yeah a, absolutely i mean sides. 
even like just with my own story, like how I came in as social media um, assistant and then, you know, there's just kind of like some shifts, some changes, and then you never know where it could lead. And I think that's really, you know, the good thing about here is like exactly, you know, this is the need that we have right now as a company, but you know, in the long term, where do you see yourself? Where, where, you know, where do you want to be? And maybe, you know, you have that content and social background, but you know, you want to start the podcast realm for our clients and you want to, you know, move forward with our brand and, and which is what you're doing. So that's incredible. And then, you know, as we grow and, and get larger, you know, there's going to be more opportunity for that as like a full-time role. And then, you know what I mean? Take it and run with it. That's really, you know, even just with my, my position as talent coordinator and overseeing the interns, like you kind of just, all right, there's like some need for it. And then you just run. Um, and then it's what you make of it. I also did a little creeping investigating myself. I'm, I'm pretty good at that, I'd like to you say. I have to do that for everybody, so I feel that. Oh yeah, I've turned into like the biggest creep, like honestly, just like Google searching people's names. But um, you know, you did mention this too, that um, you are a fiction writer and you have been writing since high school. Um, and that you've written over, I think it was a dozen novels and published half of them. Is that yeah. correct? Yes, um, that's, that's it's extremely impressive. You know, what fuels your passion for wanting to, you know, write and create these, you know, nonfiction um, or fiction uh, novels and stuff like that and get them published, you know, when you do have a full time job in writing. So like you're literally going nine to five writing for our clients and then going home and still having that, that passion and that drive to continue to write. Like how, you know, how are you not burnt out? Like what is the secret? Well, I think the first thing you need to know is that you don't sleep. You don't, <laughs> okay. you don't sleep. There is no such thing as sleep. It's like you ever seen the, um, I think it's a Simpsons meme where you have the board, all the things you do, and then you take that fifth thing and you just slip it in and push sleep off the, the schedule. Okay, so that's yeah. you? Yeah, but like, I guess in all seriousness, they are, I guess conceptually, I do the same thing. I'm literally typing on a computer, but they're not really the same. Mm -hmm. I mean, since high school, the whole reason I wanted to write is because I kept thinking of different ways I could put myself into whatever story I was reading or watching, especially as I was huge superhero and watching every DC cartoon there was and thinking, well, how cool would it be if I were right there? I were Robin. <laughs> Robin, not Batman? No, Batman sounds like his life is really depressing, and he's depressed. Oh, that is so true. I want to help. I want to help Batman. I want to be Batman. <laughs> if, there, if I'm Batman, there's way more expectations. Put Batman through therapy. Like, oh my God, there's a reason there's five Robins and only like two. They couldn't Batman handle it. Time. <laughs> I know that they couldn't handle it is that there's way they had to freely go be whatever they want. Eventually, I get to get into costume mm -hmm. as Robin and take off a different name. Batman is always Batman. He's always gonna be all mean this galley, and then that's. That's fine to be like the person who's bouncing off of him. I don't need to be Batman. <laughs> the, only thing I, the only thing I'd want from Batman is is the billions of dollars. And being Robin also yeah. just shares it with me. So, so That's true. Me. That is true. But yeah. Uh, back to the right. Sorry, we totally oh, went on a tangent there. I told you I'm going to take you off-roading. Oh, God. Um, oh, no. But yeah. There. <laughs> back to the right day. I guess is more so because putting in when... Content writing is kind of similar to computer science in that there are still parameters you have to abide by. Mm -hmm. So I guess like computer science, if I do something wrong, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Where with content writing, there's more freedom. It's like a midway point between what I thought I was going to do and what I'm doing. Where mm -hmm. 
I'm writing content and I have a freedom to kind of be creative as I can within the parameters set by our clients and like their fields. But that still doesn't, I'm trying to think of a way to phrase it without sounding really vain or insane, but like when you're writing a story, you're playing God for essentially. It's okay, yeah, you're creating the universe, you're creating like, the... Like, no one can tell me no if I want to do something like that. Mm -hmm. like, I want to have a character do this or that. If I want the world to have this and this many rules, this works or this doesn't, this is the history, that's all me. I can, I, every decision's mine. I have complete control. It's a playground, and it's just, I get to mess around with it. Yeah, and so... Mm -hmm. it, yeah, I can just explore any idea I wanted versus... When I'm writing for a client where I'm trying to find a pinpoint perfect thing for them, and mm -hmm. it's just a very different kind of writing. They don't... The only thing that I reflect that gets burned out between the two of them is just my fingertips because it's the same mechanical thing, but I think mentally there's not a whole lot of crossover. So I don't think I ever really feel burnt out. Usually if I feel burnt out on one, I don't feel burnt out on the other. Oh, good. Yeah. That's cool. So kind of take you a little bit down more into your um, after hours, passion projects, I guess you want to call them. But I also noticed that you do have a YouTube channel, Something Central Comics. Uh, so could, if you could tell us a little bit about that. For one thing, it's expanded from just a YouTube channel to a website, just called oh, somethingcentral.com. We'll have to put on. that like below, yeah. like the arrows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Click here and it's somethingcentral.com. Yeah, that's where I found that while I do like making videos, I enjoy writing them more. It's That's probably more similar to what I do like for next two with content and social media because I'm particularly trying to target an audience. The difference is I don't necessarily know the client. The client is not a like specific company or even a person, it's like an entire entity. I'm just trying to figure out how do I essentially, how do I get views? But that's I, while I realized that I enjoyed it, I enjoyed writing the videos more than making them. While mm -hmm. I have come to enjoy like editing videos, it's also a very tedious and time-consuming process versus where I'm writing, I can whip out a couple articles in a day if I wanted to, if I like, had the time. And it's just fulfilling. So I want to create a website where I could post all those things, say I write an article, but it could be months before I have time or the chance to really get down to edit into a video, I can still post it somewhere. There's still a place where I can communicate where it's like my voice purely. Mm -hmm. And there's no other way you can try to buy YouTube ads or the YouTube, um, what's the fair use products where they keep striking your channels as you have any kind of content that's technically protected the fair use, which is when you ever use footage from something else, like a movie or a TV show. Oh, and then they flag and it and stuff. And they flag it and their automatic system flags it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have the problem on my own website where I can just post pictures or graphics to go along with anything that I'm saying. So what also, is the background of the content on the website? Oh, the content is, on the website is both the YouTube content where it was opinions off comic books, whether it be reviews or opinion essays. So you would go on and like review like Wonder Woman? Like the movie, yeah, the did, new movie? I, I did review Wonder Woman the movie, though that's like a few rare occurrences. Usually it's Wonder Woman the comic, so to speak. Like if there's a comic art or a series that I just finished, I'll usually write a review and make like a long video form. Like oh, my okay. best, two, my top three videos are 
one is a DC versus Marvel game where I did that just out of fun on the afternoon where I decided, hey, what would be a cool roster for a video game that was DC versus Marvel? But that was like a one-off video. Mm-hmm. Most of those are like my second most popular, which was a video reviewing Red Sonia, which was a series by Gail Simone, who's a prolific writer. And she just kind of took this admittedly outdated classic character, Sword and Sorcery, who kind of exemplified a lot of the problems in like older comics where for some reason she was able to kick everyone's butt and not really have any kind of character at the same time she did in Chainmail Bikini. If you probably... Of she's, course. She, of course. So Gail Simone, who's mm-hmm. like a prolific feminist writer, decided that there's a lot of concepts in here mm-hmm. that would be really cool and you just tweak them a bit. It doesn't have to be as kind of lame and gross as it usually is. And she made this 18-issue series that I still think is like the character defining for a character where Red Sonia was truly a barbarian. Where she's not... It makes sense that she's both violent and savagery, and she has a personality, and it's not just, like, to appeal to anyone. She's very crass and mm-hmm. kind of... I don't want to say she's edgy so much as she would, you could cut yourself on her personality, so to speak. I guess this is kind of the same thing. But she's not, like, she's not sulking like, or brooding on a gargoyle like Batman. She's more so that she's abrasive and she's very, she's can, candor is probably the best way to describe her. And going through that series and picking apart what was it that Gail Simone did to bring this character to like a modern age, and then also what aspects does she keep? And then what does, how does Red Sonia react to the world around her and her villains that kind of creates a kind of story because every one of her villains were some kind of patriarchal toxic king who in one story was manipulating her and an old friend to fight each other so he can gain control of his father's throne or a second one being a pharaoh who this is based off like olden times kind of based off of a pharaoh of Egypt who owned millions of slaves he decided that he wanted to have this grand party before he died mm-hmm. and if she didn't get all these different artisans to celebrate his death he'd make sh- he practices old ancient custom of taking all of his slaves with him oh wow and she obviously decides that well i'm not gonna let him do that but this seems like an easy way to do that so she goes on this journey meeting all these colorful characters who all kind of help her find a new aspect of her own personality it all culminates to the fact that oh yeah that's right at the end of the day Rizonia is still the she-devil with the sword and she's gonna behead any person who thinks that like you can get away with utter nonsense like owning slaves and taking them to the grave with you. It's insane as that sounds. Right. So that was kind of the content of what is usually I'm trying to like dissect the story and figure out what it is that makes it Oh wow. So to speak. And then posting on the website is just like in written form. Cool. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so um, is it like a transcript kind of thing, or just kind of more? Usually, I write summed up. I usually write the articles. I usually write my scripts as if they were articles already. Oh, cool. So that kind of just translates over. Okay. So it's like the reverse. It's more like I make the video off of the article than okay. the article off the script. Now I just finally had a place to post the articles, so to speak. So nice. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that on that project, multi-level project here. Um, so I, I know that you've mentioned Batman, so I guess I feel like I already know the answer to this question, but 
Are you team Marvel Universe or are you team DC Universe? And who is your favorite superhero? Oh, that's a loaded question. Because, <laughs> like, you can only pick one. As, I mean, as a kid, I grew up on the DC cartoons. Like the Batman animated series, Superman uh, animated series. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll always be in love with the Justice League animated series when introducing me to John Stewart Green Lantern. It was formative to my youth to both have um, a superhero of color. That was like the first time I've ever seen on the cartoon. Mm -hmm. Static Shock was out, but I had not discovered it yet. So technically Static Shock, I reckon, was first, but I didn't realize that until I had watched Justice League and saw Green Lantern. And then at that point, I think DC kind of had me all the way. Yeah. Though, as after those cartoons kind of ended, and I also became a huge fan of the X-Men, because they are always like an allegory for any kind of person who's been other in society. So that also really spoke to me. So it was really, it was really hard to say which would prefer DC or Marvel, because at the same time, like, I like DC better, but if I had to pick between Justice League and the X-Men, I'd probably would pick the X-Men. Yeah? I think, if I, I probably just lean towards DC, I feel like it's like a safer option to explain it, because I love all of DC, where with Marvel, I'm like half of Marvel. Okay. But like that half of Marvel more. <laughs> I like Mar. I don't know. I like Marvel because it's like when you watch a movie, like you know, from the Marvel universe, like all the new ones. Like I don't know. It's just like you have the comedy. You have like the, like you have like all of the levels. It's like action packed, funny. You're like crying and then you're like laughing. Like it's just like the whole kit and caboodle. But that's just my two cents. I, I like the style of the MCU movies, but I think the problem with a lot of them is that they're also all about characters I've never cared about. <laughs> Yeah. Like, Captain America has never really spoken to me. <laughs> or Iron Man or Thor. To me, a lot, of characters, a lot of the Avengers characters are the least original characters to me that Marvel has. Like, if I had to take most of the Avengers, they all parallel a DC character who came first, in my opinion, yeah. came out better. Or X-Men okay. is not at all like that. X-Men are, like, all original characters. Outside of, say, Spider-Man, I don't feel like the Avengers are all that terribly interesting to me, except for a few, like, I love Black Widow. My favorite is Doctor Strange. I uh, I just love him. Don't say it if you don't like him. I love him. I can't. I can't because he's one of those characters that I just I love him. So I love Benedict Cumberbatch, so I'm just like, <laughs> I am all about him. But And I also, like, I'm a Harry Potter fan, too, so I feel like that also comes from it just because yeah. he's all I, magical. But, all I right, like well, I, I feel like we could go on, like, for ten hours just about the DC universe with you with all of your and just with comic books in general so yeah. I'm gonna shut it down and I'll, I'll <laughs> say in closing with one last question here okay. um, this is kind of just open-ended so you could ask it how or answer it however you want but like you know what's next for Chris what's next for you um I think what's next is that after we've kind of I don't say gone through we've gotten everybody on the podcast and the company everyone's like appeared at least once so I'd like to start picking out topics where Maybe getting more than just two people to talk about a topic. Yeah. Or say like getting multiple companies where you can talk about SEO or something you want to marketing. People who are necessarily on a sliding scale of experience. Maybe it's Sarah who's really knowledgeable at SEO, but then one of the interns who wants to learn and kind of facilitating kind of conversation about that for future episodes and maybe even getting clients either on this podcast with us or getting to do their own podcasts. Absolutely. And then I guess, like, outside professionally, it would be to, like, you talked about how I publish books. They're not necessarily professionally published. No one has gone and edited them besides me. Hey, and, that's like, fine. Other friend. But then eventually to 
get them professionally edited so that they can be professionally published. So it's meeting the same quality as everyone else. So that's kind of where Chris is heading towards. Hopefully okay. then the next year sooner rather than later. All right. Well, that's awesome. I wish you all the best, Chris. You're doing an awesome job. Um, so yeah, well, thank you everyone for listening to the episode here, the takeover episode with your girl, Mariah Curtis. Um, please come back and listen or watch um, another episode of the NX2 podcast on YouTube or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, so thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thank and you. have a great day, everyone. Bye.